You are Locked On Cougars, your daily podcast on the BYU Cougars, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Well, folks, the dream is over. Welcome into a special edition of the Locked On Cougars podcast, recapping a heartbreaking loss for BYU football on the road in Conway, South Carolina, against the Coastal Carolina Chanticleers. We'll also talk a little bit about BYU basketball, getting some redemption for Cougar Nation with a road win over Utah State. Will it make up for the dream season of football dying? Probably not, but we'll try to do our best. We'll react to both of those on a special edition of the show coming up here in just moments. Like I said, a lot to break down, and let's break into it now. Special edition of the podcast begins right now. What's up, everybody? I'm Jake Hatch, your host here on Locked On Cougars, your resident BYU insider. And what you just heard is BYU's dream season dying one yard short. Three feet, 36 inches. I don't know how many centimeters, whatever. That's how close it came, folks. BYU within mere inches, if you will, of continuing their dream season. But alas... It's a 22-17 loss for the Cougars in Conway, South Carolina, as they fall to number 18, Coastal Carolina, 22-17. And boy, what a gut punch that was. I don't know how to adequately address what just happened. I will say right off the top here, the reaction from a lot of people is seems like BYU got blown out in this game. It was a narrow loss. BYU, I mean it. They were one yard away from a touchdown. If you go back and rewatch the final play that you just heard about Dax Milne, if you watch the replay of it, Dax Milne tried to plant his left foot, and had he been able to, I am of the opinion he would have been able to drive his body forward, reach over the goal line, and score the touchdown. Alas, he got upended, got off balance, and couldn't get that foot down. That's how it goes in football. Football mirrors life in many ways. Sometimes you have a great run. BYU had an incredible run. Let's be honest about it. They were 9-0, folks. Number 8 in both the AP and coaches polls. Number 13 in the college football playoff poll. And the hope was, you know what? We're going to have a dream season. We're going to a college football playoff or we're going to the New Year's Six. I know at different points of the season, it felt like those two things were a legitimate possibility. Now it looks like BYU is going to go to some also-ran bowl game. I I know that's the thought right now. We'll see. I I hope it's not like the famous Idaho Potato Bowl. What a drop from glory that would be for a BYU football team that could potentially be, what, 10 or 11-1 going to that caliber of bowl game. But, man, you just... You can't adequately, I feel like, break down what happened in this game and it's unfortunate because BYU now they pay the price the college football playoff committee I'll tell you this much after that result is breathing a huge sigh of relief they are just sitting there saying Whew, wow we don't even have to deal with BYU anymore we, we got off easy on that one and it sucks plain and simple it sucks so I'm here for you guys I, I understand your guys' frustration 
in this game, BYU had their chances. And for them to come up that agonizingly short, it's one yard. I know it's a bit far from me to bring in a Utah reference here, but Kevin Dyson, the former Ute in that Super Bowl for the Tennessee Titans against the St. Louis Rams, tried to stretch it out over his head. He comes up a yard short. I got major, major vibes from it. The broadcast brought that up. Uh, I think the color analysts talk about that on ESPNU and really feels that way. Just inches short of an opportunity to continue the dream season. Incredible how different the feeling is when BYU, let's say Zach Wilson does get that left foot down, drives forward, reaches across the goal line, and BYU wins it 23-22. Imagine how ecstatic BYU fans would be versus how down y'all are right now. And I don't mean to come off as flippant about this or anything or make you guys feel lesser than or make you guys feel bad about feeling bad about this. Losses suck. Plain and simple, losses do suck. There is no doubt about that. And this is a gut punch loss if you're a BYU football fan. The Cougars took this game on short notice, tried to prepare for a triple option, spread option scheme that, based on what I saw from Coastal Carolina, I'm not going to be surprised if more college football programs begin running similar type offensive systems. That was a very innovative system that BYU deployed out there. And I came away very impressed. Grayson McCall... Not a great day passing the ball. 10 of 15 for 85 yards. That's an average of 5.7 yards. And that's you would take that if you're BYU. Zach Wilson across from him, 19 of 30, 240 yards. One touchdown to one interception. But the big difference comes in the ground game. Coastal Carolina, that option attack, 281 yards, averaging 5.2 yards per carry. BYU, just 26 carries for 165 yards. They did average 6.3 yards per carry. But the reason why Coastal Carolina outclassed them is Coastal Carolina held onto the ball for a whole lot longer than BYU did. This was not a game that BYU, I think, anticipated. And by the way, Coastal Carolina... I know I said on the preview edition of the podcast, I felt like BYU should lean on Coastal Carolina, use their size advantage in the trenches, and really make it a better opportunity for themselves. Coastal Carolina, man, in the trenches, outclassed BYU by and large. There were times where BYU stepped up and made stops and had some good success. There were other times, Coastal Carolina, that undersized, what do they call them, the the Mighty Mites or whatever they call themselves, they got after BYU. They kicked BYU's rear end in multiple situations in this game. And to be honest with you guys, BYU, so many things you go back and look at. Maybe in hindsight, they shouldn't have taken on this game on that shorter notice. Maybe in hindsight, BYU should have said, you know what? We're going to rest on our laurels, beat the crap out of San Diego State, hopefully, on our home turf with extra time to prepare. And hopefully that's good enough. I, I'm, I'm also a big fan of BYU being willing to do what they did. They traveled across country on, what, three days max notice? I think it's mainly two days notice and played a football game and came up just short. It's highly distressing. It's highly um, irksome the way that BYU lost that game. I, I completely get your guys' angst, and we're going to get to your comments here in a moment. Uh, what, I think the biggest response I've had all year long, and I usually ask after a game on social media, on Twitter in particular, give me your post-game reaction, and you guys flooded my mentions on Twitter, and we'll get to some of those here in a moment, but I get it. 
it is a disappointing, bitter loss for BYU to see that quote-unquote dream season die at Brooks Stadium in Conway, South Carolina. I, I tip my cap to Coastal Carolina. They came to play, folks. You cannot take that away from them. Were there chances for BYU in this game? Absolutely. Imagine how different things might have been had BYU gotten that 91-yard touchdown pass on the first play of the game to Neil Pau, not called back due to holding. It actually screams to me a little bit of what we saw against UT San Antonio earlier this season. BYU got off to what appeared to be a pretty hot start. It caught, they had a play, a touchdown called back in particular due to penalty. And it really, I think, mucked up the game from there for BYU. It kind of disrupted their start. It was actually, it was a fumble. No, Pau fumbled. That's what it was. He was going in for what appeared to be a touchdown. He fumbled the ball. UT San Antonio got the ball back. And that game became a struggle for BYU. This game against Coastal Carolina feels very much like that type of a game. BYU was lucky enough to scrape out a win over UTSA, but this is a good Coastal Carolina team. They believe in themselves, and they proved that, you know what, we can make the plays to win this game. They made winning plays. I'm not saying that BYU made losing plays. Coastal Carolina made more winning plays and beat the Cougars. Their dream season rolls on. Uh, CCU, the Chanticleers, they're now 10-0 on the season. They're going to be playing in the Sun Belt Championship game. BYU, 9-1. Now look to see what's going to happen in the national polls. The perception of them. I know a lot of opposing fan bases out there saying they're frauds. They're not frauds, folks. This is still a very good football program. I, I You can call me a homer if you want, but... I believe this is a good BYU football program. They came up 36 inches, give or take a few inches short of winning a game, scraping it out, and improving to 10-0 themselves. That's how agonizingly close it was. And you know what? Ifs and buts were candy and nuts, we'd all have a Merry Christmas. I get that statement. We, we can do hindsight is twenty twenty all we want. It, it hurts. BYU lost a game that... Sure looks like it's going to relegate them to a bowl game that I think is beneath this team's stature. They don't get the benefit of the doubt, speaking of the BYU football program, that most of the Power Five enjoys when it comes to the college football playoff committee. That's readily apparent. We can all see it. And I don't know. Hopefully I'm doing this justice for you guys, recapping this loss for BYU. I'll tell you one thing. I am beyond upset for what happened at the end of the first half the the utter asinine just ridiculous cheap shot that Zach Wilson w- was subjected to there was completely baffling to me i get the initial block by number 34 i think it was gallagher that's fine he was blocking Zach Wilson you find somebody to block you're taught that in from the time you play peewee football all the way through the pros you you find somebody to block him blocked him But number 94, Gunter, I think is his last name, that was Bush League. What he pulled was beyond egregious, and I'm actually glad that guys like Isaiah Kafusi came to the defense of their quarterback. I don't blame BYU's bench for clearing one bit in that instance. That was Bush League. It should have been flagged. The white hat, the referee, runs over to try and get him off of him, doesn't throw a flag. Are you bleeping kidding me? Just... I need to be careful with my words here. I know that we have young ears listening to this podcast, but that moment angered me. It did. 
That is not football. That is Bush League cheap shot status that you're trying to railroad a guy like Zach Wilson because you want to have your 15 seconds of glory. Zach Wilson's going to the NFL. Gunter, I don't know what he's going to do, but for him to try and pull that crap was just egregious. And the fact that they never threw a freaking flag, I'm using freaking there, in that entire circumstance, the entire fracas, the entire kerfuffle that unfolded there is beyond ridiculous. There were missed calls in this game by this officiating staff. Some of them highly questionable. That one right there, the most egregious to me. They could have reviewed the film. They have they have control of the game. They can look at the film, see what number 94 did and say, you know what? That's an unsportsmanlike penalty and we're, we're going to toss him out of the game. I get it was during the quote-unquote run of the play. I get that so any haters listening that want to blast me on that i get the circumstance it was in number 94 went above and beyond and then the second half he goes out and clips zach wilson he's already out of bounds gets called for the late hit out of bounds on that one to the referee's credit and then gets the last laugh as he punches out a ball on tyler algier on that fumble and then also has a big play late in the game to help seal the win for coastal carolina (laughs) life's not fair folks football's not fair sometimes 94 had a field day he had a good game despite what i thought was just an utterly awful sequence of plays for him that should have probably had him sitting on the bench cooling off i don't know i just that situation alone made me very very angry and i i don't know (laughs) it's a crappy loss there's no doubt about that. And there was a lot of opportunity for BYU in this game. They come up mere inches from winning a game, scraping it out by the skin of their teeth. But you know what? They come up just inches short, 36 inches, give or take a few inches. And Zach Wilson and the Cougars are looking at this thing completely different. You and the fan are listening to this and talking about it very differently. I'm talking about it very differently. Just crazy how football goes. It, it, it mirrors life in many, many ways. And I, I can restate that multiple times, but it really does. It just mirrors life in so many ways. You have a good run, then something bad happens. How do you respond to it? Well, we're going to find out how BYU responds to it. We'll let you guys respond next. You guys flooded my mentions with thoughts after this loss for BYU, and we will let you guys have your say here in just a moment. Uh, a lot going on, but we'll, you guys will be able to have your say right here on the podcast before we do that. Please leave us a rating and review if you're listening to this podcast. I know that after losses, our listenership drops off significantly. I get it. But those of you, the hardiest of the hardy, who are joining me to talk BYU sports, listening to me blather on about a loss for BYU, you guys are the ones that I do it for. Leave us a rating and review, especially on Apple Podcasts, if you haven't done so already. That support really makes my uh, motivation to continue to do the best I can go up. It also helps us build this audience. We want to be the one-stop shop for all of Cougar Nation to get everything they need to know about the Cougars via podcast form, and we do it every day. So you guys leave us a rating and review helps us build that audience, and a big thank you in advance for your support in doing so. All right, let's get to your guys' response, your thoughts on this loss for BYU football. We'll start off here. Chris Murphy at C. Murphy Pro. Embarrassing. BYU looked weak and entitled. They proved the committee right. I think many people would agree with you, Chris, at C. Murphy Pro on Twitter, by the way. That's where you can find Chris. 
I think you're right in that regard, Chris, because I think that the committee right now, if you're a guy like um, Gary Barta, the com- committee chair, you're just over there like, whew, man, feels good to be right, doesn't it? And they're not right. I- I'll- I'll- I'm going to say that right up front. This is a good football program. BYU should be in bigger contention, should have gotten bigger benefit of the doubt than they will get when it comes to the New Year's Six. But you know what? The committee has shown no interest in helping BYU out in any way, shape, or form so far. And honestly, I could see them dropping into the 20 to 25 range at the very best outside the top 25 potentially after this loss for BYU because I really do think this committee has no interest in helping BYU out. Jake Summers, BYU punted their way, and Jake Summers is at at Summers underscore 1280. In many ways, they did. That decision to punt late in the game with only one timeout in your pocket, man, that's another one of the things you look back on, and it's highly questionable. The decision to call the timeouts, one in the third quarter and then the one before the punt, both of those questionable as well. I, I don't get the strategy there. And Kalani Sitaka, I asked him after the game, he said that on the punt in particular, when they called before the punt for Coastal Carolina, they were trying to avoid a 12-man on the field penalty. I have to, I'll have to go back and look at the film on that and see if that's legitimate. He also said they were hoping to set up a punt block, etc. Okay, he's the head coach. He, he draws his paycheck making those decisions. So, We'll have to live with that. But in many ways, Jake, I do think in a way they punted their season away by punting that football. If it were me, I would have liked to have seen BYU take a shot, go for it on fourth down and see what they could have done. The 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 strategy for BYU in this game just seemed off to me. They didn't have their flow, both play calling, the players on the field. It just seemed like a strange, strange game. And kind of what I talked about a little bit earlier very much had a feeling to me of the UTSA game, just with huge, much bigger stakes. Huger, I was going to try and say huger, but let's be honest, that's not a word. Much higher stakes, much bigger stakes for BYU in this game, and they come up short this time. Uh, Spencer Matthews at Spenob, I hope I'm saying that right, S-P-E-N-O-B-E. He says, pundits and fans will say we got exposed, but the team didn't play our best, and Coastal Carolina is a good team. I feel like if they played like that, they could beat most teams in the top 20. Speaking of Coastal Carolina, I assume. And I think he's not off base there, speaking of Spencer. Coastal Carolina had a really good team. And that offense, it's a problem to prepare for. It was a bigger problem than I thought it was going to be for BYU. I will be the first to admit it. I took Coastal Carolina for granted in the lead up to this game. I thought BYU had all the advantages and would be able to handle themselves accordingly. And I was wrong. I'll be frank and honest with you guys. I was wrong. All right. Other responses. Nate Doggy at NQD. P. Doggy, Christensen and Wilson need to stay another year to prove they can play against quality teams. Well, I don't disagree with you there, but I can tell you this much, Nate Doggy. There's not a chance Zach Wilson's coming back based on everything I have heard. I'd like to be wrong. There's always that, I will say I'm 99.8% sure. There's always that chance that he could come back. I don't think he's coming back. Brady Christensen, I think it's more likely that he comes back than Zach Wilson, but it would be nice to see them run it back and see what they could do against a better schedule next year. BYU's had a great run this year against a schedule that's looking more like what they had early on in their independent era versus what they have faced the last three to four years. How much better will the competition be and how much better could BYU play against that competition? Only time will tell. On to more responses here. Our good friend Joe Wheat. Uh, he's the BYU hype 
train conductor. He said, to be honest, I'm not down on BYU. He said, Coastal is a really good team and a nightmare for a defense to prepare for on two days' notice. BYU killed themselves with drops and mental mistakes on offense. They came up uh, just a yard short. Well, the drops did hurt them. Gunnar Romney did get injured late in that game, but he had two, one egregious drop and another one where he got interfered with after looking at the review. But Zach put it right there for him. He probably should have come up with it. And it hurt BYU in that regard. Um, other responses here. Alan Black. Uh, Tuiaki's refusal to be aggressive when that's the clear path forward is showing just how major of an issue it is. He refused to stack the box until near the end. That when that's exactly how you stop what CCU's game plan was. Kalani has to tell him that mindset has to change now. Okay, the interesting part about that, Alan, is we're going to disagree a little bit here because the way that Coastal Carolina lines up on offense is designed to keep you from loading up in the box. It's an utterly brilliant strategy in all reality. And I know that we're reacting to a loss here for BYU, but the way that Coastal runs their quote-unquote triple option It's a thing of beauty because they do force you to get out of stacking the box. You cannot do it against them. So I I get what you're saying. Uh, It would have been nice to see BYU probably, yeah, bring a few more run blitzes and the like, but that's just not who BYU's MO has been. And if Kalani Satake is okay with that, that's his job on the line. Let's be clear about that. I know many people, there's a lot of you guys in my mentions that I'm not able to read all of them saying that Tuiaki and the defensive staff need to be overhauled. Tuiaki needs to be fired, blah, 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 blah. Well, at this point, I don't think Tuiaki's going anywhere, folks. It's been five years, and there have been some good defenses and some bad defenses in that run for Kalani Satake with Elisa Tuiaki as his defensive coordinator, and no changes have been made. I don't think a change is in the offing. I could be wrong about that. I just don't see Kalani firing to Elisa Tuiaki. If Elisa Tuiaki were to move on to find a new job, so be it. But I just don't see him getting fired or being uh, BYU moving on from him. Uh, Casey Finlinson, I think with a great statement, our good friend at FinDaddy81, it hurts. That was his response. It does hurt. And I understand you guys are all hurting out there because you had dreams of going to a New Year's Six Bowl game with the Cougars. I know 2020 probably would have precluded a lot of us from traveling to such a game, but man, does it hurt. Uh, a couple other ones. Uh, Ethan here saying, what are the chances, Jake, that BYU schedules a game on the 19th against a potential top 20 team and earns their way back into the New Year's Six? I'd like to think there's a path there for BYU to do that, Ethan. I just don't see that happening. Hopefully that makes sense. I just think that the college football playoff committee now has the ammo to drop BYU way down in the rankings and essentially bar the Cougars from clawing their, clawing their way back into New Year's Six consideration. It'd be nice if this was an equal system where you could earn if merit were to get you everything, but that's just not how college football works. Merit only gets you so far in this sport, and that's unfortunate. Uh, Craig Hall, H. Craig Hall says, Coastal Carolina ran three plays all game. No adjustments on D for the Cougars. Well, Coastal Carolina, like I, going back to what Alan said a little bit earlier on, they make it hard to defend them, and it's a tough defense to prepare for. We saw the evidence of that in this. Um, other people weighing in. Uh, so, Craig, I think you you got a good point there. They did run a lot of base offense in terms of what they ran on offense, and BYU's defense couldn't catch up to it. I was 
rather shocked that BYU struggled as much as they did, especially along the defensive line. But you got to tip your cap to Coastal Carolina. Those mighty mites, they had a hell of a game on that uh, offensive line for Coastal Carolina. McKay Perry at McKay underscore P says, no matter who you are, you need time to prep for an option offense. Good strategy by Coastal. You're not wrong about that. It's hard to prepare on a one-week notice for a game. If you go back to the Mountain West and whack days for BYU, they hated playing the Air Force Academy with just one week to prepare. You do this on two days? Yeah, it's tough. Uh, a couple other ones here. Uh, Gordon Gakota at Gakota AB. Let's go Jazz. Apparently, you're moving on to basketball season, Gecko. We'll talk about some basketball here in a minute. A win, actually a pretty big win for BYU on the road over Utah State. We'll get to that here in just a moment. Uh, Lauren Joyce at L Joyce 11. She says, outcoached, outplayed, got manhandled in the trenches. Overall, bad. Well, you're not wrong about that because in many ways, BYU struggled and just they didn't have their same flow that they had had. Did all the extra time off for them this time of year hurt BYU? I think you could argue that, but it, it, it was stunning to see BYU's inability to dominate the trenches like most people thought they would. It, 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 frankly, it, it was stunning to me. I thought BYU would come in and just absolutely lay waste to what I thought was an overmanned, or I guess undermanned, I don't know how you term it, an overmatched, I guess, Coastal Carolina uh, team in the trenches. Well, looked like for a lot of that game, the Coastal Carolina was the better of the teams in terms of having the better athletes along the offensive and defensive lines. I think the message got through to Coastal Carolina, you're not being respected, and they came out and they punched BYU in the mouth, and BYU didn't have an answer for them. So, couple other comments here before we go and like i said i'm not gonna be able to get to all of these i think i had well over 60 responses if not more so big thank you for weighing in to all of you by the way i mean that sincerely um other things kevin farnsworth says hurts to say this but this team isn't as good as we thought we have played really awful teams kevin i love you to death i've known you for a long time i disagree with you I think this BYU football team is good. I think they're legit good. I think they bit off a little bit more than they could chew, and it got them. They came up a foot, a yard, whatever you want to term it, a yard short of winning a game, and how different would the perception be had they gotten that yard? How, how different would it be had Dax Milne become the hero as he stretches across the goal line and gets a photo that is potentially going to hang in the halls of the student-athlete building and inside Lavelle Edwards Stadium forever? All right, finally, two more comments here I want to weigh in on. We'll get to those. I, like I said, I'm not going to get to everybody's comments, but I thank you all for weighing in. Mitch P at Mitch P underscore 87 says, Take away, next time we think about scheduling a game, don't. This is vintage BYU. Constant letdown. Defensive line getting abused. Special teams was had all night. Wide receivers can't catch. Specifically Romney on two huge momentum plays. Brutal about right now. The potato bowl is nice this time of year. Mitch? I can understand you're really, really down, but your comments make it seem like BYU got boat raced by 40 points. They came up a yard short. I have a hard time believing that BYU is that much of a quote-unquote constant letdown. They have had a marvelous, marvelous season to this point. It's been an incredible ride, and I'm not going to lie, I have enjoyed every minute of it, and this hurts because it, you see how much it hurt this team. If you listen to the post-game interviews, you could tell the hurt that was going on. Isaiah Kafusi in particular, a little heartbreaking to see him uh, in t- have some tears in his eyes as he talked about his teammates and what they went through. So 
Mitch, I think you're a little too strong there with that take. And I, I'm going to assume it was in the heat of the moment. I, I get it. I've I, We've all been there. I've been there. Trust me. You have been talking to my family. There are famous moments with Jay Catch in the heat of the moment saying some outlandish things. Uh, final word here from Braden Strait. At Braden Strait. Worst thing about this tonight, we proved the committee right. Even if we win, we don't move up much. Takeaway, Zach Wilson is still very much a Heisman candidate. The dude is clutch. The defense was a miss tonight. We needed them and they didn't show up every play. You're not wrong about that. BYU's defense had a very uneven performance. And I'm going to tip my cap to Coastal Carolina. That's a very unique offensive scheme. I think they're going to be more coaches sitting up and paying attention saying, whoa, hey, maybe we want to incorporate some of this into our offense. I'd actually like to see BYU incorporate portions of that into their offense. They showed some things, speaking of the Chanticleers, that I was very impressed with. So my overall message to you guys is you tip your cap to Coastal Carolina and now BYU, you look forward to San Diego State a week from now and hope that the Cougars are able to get up off the mat. That's going to be important for BYU, not to let this spiral on them, not let it snowball where they lose two games. They've already lost the San Diego State game after t- today's loss. You've got to avoid that if you're the BYU football program. I'd love to see BYU schedule another game on the 19th, get a big dog, and go out and make a statement saying, you know what, yeah, we may have lost to Coastal Carolina, but we ain't afraid of anybody. We want to play again. We want to keep playing as much football as we possibly can. I would love to see that. Will it come it, Will it come to pass? I don't know. I never thought that BYU was going to play this week, and all of a sudden they put a game together on extremely short notice. Yes, a disappointing loss, but let's give some credit to BYU for having the cojones to man up, travel cross country, and play this game. There are many other top programs who would not have thought themselves, or excuse me, would have thought themselves too big for this type of a game and would have said, you know what, we ain't doing it. I give some credit to BYU. I've got to. I also got to tip my cap to Coastal Carolina. That's a good football program. They manned up. They heard all of the hype, the buzz about BYU coming to Conway, coming to Brooks Stadium, their home turf, the Teal Turf, Teal Nation. And they felt disrespected with all the talk about BYU and them rolling over the Cougars. BYU came up just short, inches short, folks. And that's how it goes sometimes. And it it hurts. There's no doubt about that. But Hopefully, what we're going to talk about next will hear will help buoy up your spirits, and that is a road win for the BYU basketball program. Uh, a solid road win for BYU over Utah State. We'll get to that here in just a moment. Before we do that, though, I want to remind you guys, this podcast only exists with you guys' support. And if you guys would like to advertise with us and really give us that quote-unquote extra support, love to have you guys on board. We are in front of thousands of BYU fans each and every day. We can get you a unique reach in the digital podcast sphere that not many companies, brands, etc. can reach right now. The Locked On Podcast Network, they've got it figured out, folks. They will help you have digital advertising success in the podcast sphere. All you got to do is reach out and we can help you out and do that. Reach out to us anytime. LockedOnBYU at gmail.com is the email address. They'll get you started and we'll work with you guys with our sales team to help you have podcast advertising success. And it's real simple to do, but I mean it sincerely. Your guys' support means the world to me. Love to have you guys on board and join us as an advertiser right here on Locked on Cougars. We may set a record for the longest podcast I have ever done in the 650 some odd episodes I have done of Locked on Cougars tonight because there's just a lot to react to. So 
You guys are getting some extra bonus edition of the podcast in general, but extra bonus time. We usually don't go over 30 minutes, but I blew past 30 minutes, I think, in the first two segments of the two first two parts of this podcast. So let's talk some BYU hoops for a moment here, though. A solid, solid win for BYU. They go to Logan, to the Spectrum, and beat Utah State 67-64, to an impressive victory for Mark Pope and his team in terms of the in-state. BYU now 5-1 and one on the season. Uh I actually was really impressed with BYU battling in this game. There was a run for BYU in the final, man, okay, so it was about an eight to nine minute stretch where BYU scored a grand total of six points. Utah State in that time rallied to tie this game up, but BYU gets a clutch three-pointer from Connor Harding, uh, Caleb Lohner with a great pass out of the post to find him for it along the baseline there. Uh, It makes the shot, and then... I have to say, Connor Harding made an impressive, impressive throw. I actually think Connor played quarterback in high school, so it's not all that surprising, but he throws a cross-court pass from the opposite baseline, hits Alex Barcelo in stride. Barcelo collects it and tips the ball as he's trying to gain possession of it, uh, saves it inbounds, and certain uh, broadcasters thought it was an out of bounds. It should have been a travel, blah, 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 blah. There was no possession. So it was an easy play. He collects the ball and Emish Keta fouls him. Barcelo makes his free throws and BYU wins the game 67 to 64. Alex Barcelo, monster outing. 23 points, 9 of 11 from the free throw line. Really impressed with what he's showing so far this season for BYU. The USC game, at least on paper right now, looks like more of an anomaly so far for BYU rather than the rule. That's evidenced by the fact that BYU has won their other five games in the six they have played this year. I think this Cougar team... Despite some of their weaknesses they've showed early on this season, they're starting to really round into form. And I think they're starting to learn a lot about each other, their fight, their grit, their tenacity. And I think this is a team that's got some things they can build on. It was good to see guys like Spencer Johnson get a bigger role in this game. 18 minutes played there. He scored seven points added two rebounds. Gideon George, after being the hero against St. John's, very quiet night. Zero points, uh, missed all five of his field goal attempts in 13 minutes. He did add five rebounds, but after what he did against St. John's, you thought he might have had a bigger night, but he did not do that. But Alex Barcelo came up big. Caleb Lohner had 11 points, uh, made three of his four three-pointers. He had missed 13 in a row before tonight. So good to see him finally get off the schneid there. Matt Harms, a great night defensively, I thought, against Nimi Ishketa. Those are two guys who have aspirations of playing at the pro level, and they had their battle tonight, and it was good to see Matt Harms have some success against a guy of the caliber of Nimi Ishketa. So overall, a very, very solid win for the BYU basketball program. They got another big week ahead of them. They're going to face off against Boise State Wednesday night at the Marriott Center and then follow that up with their big in-state rivalry, the biggest one on the schedule, against the University of Utah on Saturday. Man, if BYU makes it through this run here of December up to conference play, West Coast conference play, BYU could set themselves up very nicely when it comes to their resume for tournament time. That loss against USC, that's going to hurt. There's no doubt about that. A road win, a true road win at Utah State, though, it helps. It makes you look a lot better than I, in many people's eyes than you might think. And the funny thing about this is, is considering how good Utah State has been recently, uh, you think of the runs that Sam Merrill and Keta have had and before that, they've had a good basketball program. But BYU, folks, owns a nine-game win streak 
over the Aggies. Some in-state dominance for you for BYU. I know that in football, Utah owns BYU, the nine in a row, the hashtag 10 is coming. Well, BYU basketball may want to put that up there and say, hey, 10 is coming in hoops for Utah State. Uh, a very solid win for BYU. Will it take the sting away, the disappointment away of the BYU football dream season dying? Absolutely not. But Mark Pope's team... They find a way. They found a way to win this game. And yes, I think many people, if, maybe I'm wrong about this, but out there, if you guys are listening to this, tweet at me and let me know what you think about this. Would you have traded BYU grinding out a win over Utah State in hoops for BYU grinding out the win against Coastal Carolina? I'm going to say 85% of you would make that trade. I do think there's some of you would say, you know what? It is what it is. I'll take what I can get. But I think the vast, vast, vast majority of you would trade that. Well, it is what it is. And BYU football, disappointing loss. BYU basketball, a very solid, impressive victory on the road over Utah State. Now they come home for two home games against two more rivals. Boise State Wednesday, Utah on Saturday. And I'm looking forward to the week of hoops ahead. We'll also have a lot of coverage of BYU football as they try to regroup against the against the San Diego State Aztecs. Like I said, it's very important for BYU football to get their minds right, get focused on San Diego State, and not allow that to already be a loss in, for them after losing this game against Coastal Carolina. I think Mark Pope, he has the right message for his team. He handled it the right way after that utterly embarrassing loss against USC. Well, to see BYU rebound with a win over St. John's and now grinding out a road win over Utah State, his message got through to his team. Hopefully the message that Kalani Satake delivered to his team gets through to the BYU football program and they can move on from this. We'll have full coverage for you guys all next week for all the hoops action as well as BYU football in the lead up to the San Diego State home finale. We'll have it all covered for you. So a big thank you for your support of the podcast. Thanks for hanging in there. A long podcast, but hopefully you guys were able to, I guess, get some frustration out by listening to me talk about this loss. I guess I'll leave you guys with this. So close, but yet so far. I know that's an overused phrase, but in this situation, I think it fits almost perfectly. It hurts, folks, but like I said, a big thank you for supporting the podcast. We will talk to you guys on Monday, another full edition back then, full coverage of BYU football and basketball as they get ready for big home games throughout next week. We'll have it all covered for you right here on your daily podcast, focused on the BYU Cougars. Once again, a big thank you for joining us. This has been the Locked On Cougars podcast for December 5th, 2020. Have a great rest of your weekend.